Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 216. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of the Lend at Fintech conference. Today's episode is sponsored by Lend at Fintech USA, the world's largest fintech event dedicated to lending and digital banking. It's happening on May 13th and 14th, 2020 at the Javits Center in New York. Lending and banking are converging and Lend at Fintech immerses you in the most important trends of the day. Meet the people who matter, learn from the experts and get business done. Lend at Fintech, lending and banking connected. Go to lendit.com USA to register. Today on the show, we are heading down under to Auckland, New Zealand, in fact, and I'm delighted to welcome Harmony. Uh, in fact, we have two gentlemen on the show today. We have the one of the co-founders, uh, Neil Roberts, uh, who is the outgoing CEO, and we also have David Stevens, who is the incoming CEO. By the time you uh, by the time you listen to this, he will be in the job. And wanted to get them both on the show. Obviously, Neil has the background and history with Harmony. We talk quite a bit about that. We talk about the loans themselves and you know what sort of mar- the segment of the market they're going after. We also talk about the banking environment in Australia and New Zealand. It's very different to the United States. And David has a lot of history there. And uh, we also we talk about the fact that they've been able to scale pretty significantly over a billion dollars, one point two billion in a market that's about one eightieth. The size of the US. So that gives you some sense. And you know, we, we talk about how they've been able to do that and what the future holds and you know, possible expansion or you know, they're already in Australia, but really building up their, their Australian presence. It was a fascinating interview. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Neil and David. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Peter. Okay, so great to have you guys on, and always good to be speaking. Good to be speaking with someone from uh, from down under. But before we get started, why don't you give give the listeners, both of you, maybe we will start with you, Neil. Give the listeners a little bit of background about yourselves, particularly with what you did before Harmony. Sure, I think there's um, obviously uh, uh, well into my career now, so I'll, I'll maybe just pick out two, two relevant projects. So in two thousand and one an opportunity with a consumer finance company to um, build some tech to automate the credit and to to build a business with direct mail. Um, and we did that, started it in 2001, did 3.6 billion in personal loan applications and over the next five years, um, wrote about 1.6 billion of that and finally sold the business in 2006 uh, to GE Money. So it was myself and the sort of Harmony core team uh, some of us then went over to Australia from New Zealand and where I met Dave and we helped Flexi Rent float, uh, became Flexi Group. And then after that, uh, after that sort of 10 year stint, decided to come back to New Zealand and just saw an opportunity to uh, start Harmony because the, uh, the law was changing and I'm sure I'll get an opportunity to talk about Harmony in a moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, over to you, David. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Uh, yeah, look, in terms of my background, uh, I was originally uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. Ended up uh, working on the slopes of Flexi Group and got to know Neil and Brad and the team then. Uh, had a number of different roles there. Uh, really grew the business up from a, a one product, one channel business to uh, a diversified financial services business. Had a number of different roles being uh, CFO, Group CFO in 2013 through to being uh, Group CEO 
uh, for about 12 months before taking on the managing director role of uh, Flexi Group New Zealand, which represented about half of the business. And uh, since then, uh, I have uh, went into a startup business called uh, MyFund, uh, which recently sold a 35% equity interest to the Bank of Queensland. And uh, you know, I've been excited by the, the opportunity, what Neil's been doing uh, in the Harmony business. And uh, obviously, it's just, just come across last week into, into Harmony. So were you, are you living in New Zealand or living in Australia before this? I've been living in Australia most of my life, but I commuted when I was managing director of Flex Group New Zealand. I sort of came over every, every second week for about, about 18 months. Right, right, okay. Are you, are you going to stay in Sydney or are you going to head to Auckland? I've got a, a new baby due in uh, about six weeks' time. Okay. Uh, so I'll be in Australia commuting for a, a little while, but... Uh, the intention is to look to move over to New Zealand uh, sometime next year. Right. Okay. Okay. So then back to you, Neil. I want to get sort of into the sort of you know the founding of of Harmony and what 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 was it you saw in the New Zealand market and what was what was the impetus behind the founding of it? Yeah. Sure, Peter. So I think first and foremost there was a law change. So prior to that law change, you wouldn't have been able to contemplate doing peer-to-peer lending and that was because of the securities law and the fact that every borrower would have to you know, issue a prospectus. So the law change came, it was just following the, the back of tail end I suppose of the financial crisis and the legislation itself was uh, sort of once in a lifetime review of um, the fundamental financial services uh, regulations. So great opportunity and of course we had a team that had done it before, you know, the team that had raised money on the, on the one side through a call centre and, and automated the process for that uh, call centre and, and um, you know, obviously uh, 1.6 billion in written deals, written personal loan deals on the other. So with those two things coming together, the part, another reason for the, for the move by the government, because we are, I think, still the only country in the world that, that offers a peer-to-peer lending licence. And part of the reason that the, the government was bold enough to do that was because New Zealand has struggled with a couple of key things uh, over the last you know, 20, 30 years. One is product productivity and the other is savings. And you know, we were inspired, I suppose, to, uh, to help to a startup, um, join the tech community and try and solve both of those things. You know? So using tech, tech, which would ultimately help sure productivity and offering risk-weighted returns and a new asset class uh, to the retail public. So, uh, and also, you know, putting the team back together was fun too. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, getting back to uh, uh, getting getting back to, to, to what we knew, I suppose. Yeah, right, that was right. the that was the thinking behind it, Peter. Okay, okay. So then, so maybe just briefly give us. You know, give some of the milestones. I know it's been. I think you were saying it's been five years uh, this this month since you since you started. So, uh, tell us sort of you know, how things have evolved and maybe some highlights over the last five years. Yeah, sure. I think one of the key highlights for me uh, has been the, the the team and how we've performed when we were you know, just six people getting the the startup up and running and and getting to market. We set ourselves some goals and. You know, we were, I think, the very first platform to get a $100 million to lend before we sold our first loan, and we did that off the back of our ability to underwrite risk. And, Peter, I think we, we actually met around that time because coming yep. to lend it was absolutely a pivotal time for us because we met some great contacts, 
and it helped us uh, down the track getting some uh, funding. So, so putting the team together, um, having that, getting to the point where we had a, uh, the algorithm was right, the system was right, and we were able to attract wholesale uh, funding meant that we could change a two-sided marketplace to a one. In other words, we could wait for, for retail uh, to come on board, and of course, having the endorsement of some wholesale providers, you know, helped bringing retail on, and and, and therefore we grew uh, rapidly. I think the second thing would be how New Zealanders have embraced the platform. You know, we have half a million people that have um, joined the platform. We've done 1.2 billion in lending in that five-year period here mm-hmm. in in New Zealand, in a country of uh, you know four and a half million people. So New Zealanders truly have embraced it, and I think getting to a point where we in-housed our technical resource uh, that we, you know, that today Harmony's Pulse is very much with its engineering team and we do see uh, the future in our platform and automation. So getting our platform in order, getting a team together that, um, you know, was forming and norming and storming. And I think that, uh, you know, some of the challenges that we've had, I suppose, is a, an unclear, and we didn't know this until after we launched, just an unclear of laws that don't perhaps work well together mm-hmm. and you know that's meant that since 2015 we've been slowly operating a, a pivot and you know moving to our own to lending our own money which we we started to do December last year and we're rapidly you know picking that side of our business up because uh, the regulations particularly in New Zealand are such that uh, you know we don't see a viable model for us uh, doing peer-to-peer uh, lending you know, way into the future, and uh, you know we are sort of managing that and have been for some time. Uh, we made a, some, a decent amount of profit last year and, and, and good revenue growth as well, so quite pleased about that. Uh, we, we measure and take very seriously our engagement here as a team, and you know we have benchmark uh, scores at employer of choice level. Uh, and then finally, our net promoter score from our borrowers in particular is extremely high, I and mean, it's, it's higher than some of the names that you, you think of in that, in that ilk, Amazon, Netflix, Apple, you know, we, we tend to score higher than that. So, so all in all, um, you know, a business that uh, is uh, maturing and ready to grow and, um, you know, embraced by uh, a, a lot of New Zealanders and by, um, by our licensor, I think, mm-hmm. the, the financial market sorry. Yeah, so those would be some of the highlights. Okay. Uh, it's been a great journey. Okay, well, we'll dig into some more of that in a bit, in a little bit. But I want to turn to David and just sort of maybe you start with, you know, when did this sort of get on your radar? The like when I say when, when did peer to peer lending, marketplace lending, get on your radar first? Yeah, look, probably you know, around around about the same time that that Harmony started, maybe a little bit before. Obviously, seeing the businesses out of the US, uh, you know, obviously the, the natural sort of point where you had investors looking for yield and you had borrowers looking for you know a fair price loan um, I guess it obviously you know when you simplify it like that it makes a lot of sense and uh, I guess having worked in consumer finance for the last uh, 12 years or so I really recognized that there was a lot of lenders out there that were very much a one-size-fits-all approach so mm-hmm. particularly the banks where you know there was no rate for risk it was very much, you know, you either get approved or declined. And this is both in the traditional fi- um, finance businesses as well, where, you know, you, and you tend to get a very similar customer demographic when, you, when you're when you operating like that. They're, they're, you know, so with, with obviously a 
when you're only using one rate. Whereas with the, you know, one of the things that impressed me about the Harmony business was the way it's able to grade risk in, in 30 different risk grades and, you know, allow a, a customer who is, you know, a, a higher credit quality to, you know, borrow at a lower rate and they're, you know, a customer that maybe slightly lower credit quality, you know, is still able to borrow, you know, at a, at a rate that's appropriate. So I think that was something that I didn't see being done very well, particularly in Australia and New Zealand and uh, something that, you know, really um, sort of made that the marketplace lending uh, you know, get on the radar. And I think, yeah, that's why, you know, as you see more businesses today uh, adopt that sort of risk-based pricing methodology and, uh, you yeah, know, something that uh, I think is the, the way forward. Right, right. Yep, fair enough. So, so Neil, I want to I want to turn back to you and just you know this we're actually recording this during this transition. Um, you you've been you know founder, um, CEO, co CEO, and now you're, you're you're stepping back. So, what was the reason to bring on someone like David as CEO at, at this stage of Harmony's development? Yes. Yeah, so the, the first thought, or the, or the, the uh, or what I've always thought, is a lot of uh, founders flounder when you get to the public markets, and in this part of the world. The deep pockets of capital are in the public markets, and as you'd know, Peter, um, companies tend to go a little sooner mm-hmm. to those markets for that reason. And you know, the ASX is, you know, try, trying to attract um, those that perhaps don't have the um, the market cap to go on the Nasdaq. Um, the compulsory super in, in uh, Australia uh, is, I think, two trillion dollars or, or something like some crazy number like that now. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge uh, source of capital. To access, so uh, for me, uh, I, I always felt that um, you know that I'd uh, well wouldn't want to be a, a public facing or public markets facing CEO for two good reasons. I don't think I'd be very good at it, and I don't think I'd enjoy it. Now, I've, uh, the team here has worked with David before. I think it's a nine-year sort of interview process both ways, <laughs> and um, you know, really enjoyed that. We, we enjoyed some great success at Flexi, uh, and that was you know during some tough economic times. And you know, it's great to see that Dave left Flexi and almost as a favour took on what would have been a failing startup because unfortunately the, the founder of that startup had, had um, passed away and turned that around as well. So obviously proving in the, in the process that you know, good at the big top end of town and, and, and good also with the startup. So, so knowing David well, uh, knowing his skill set is absolutely bang on for what we've got going forward. And having been on this journey myself for for seven years, uh, I just felt, you know, it was time that, um, for everybody's sake, that, um, you know, we got a new CEO on board. And, you know, from here, I hopefully can get back to, to doing the things that I really love, and that's just starting, you know, new parts of businesses or creating value in some way, uh, rather than, you know, what, what becomes a... Quite a quite a large beast to manage. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay, fair enough. So, so David, I want to turn back to you and just give a little bit of a sense because a lot of people are obviously going to be not very familiar with the Australia and New Zealand market. So maybe you just give us a little sense on what the the banking climate is like down there, and in particular, sort of the personal loan market as well. Yeah, sure. Look, Australia is a little bit diff- unique, and I guess New Zealand as well, and. In terms of the, the, the banks uh, dominate sort of around 80% of the consumer finance market. Uh, we've got big four banks that are very strong uh, and you know, went through the global financial crisis relatively unscathed. Um, you know, didn't require any sort of government bailouts and the like. And they've really uh, 
you know, I guess when you, you dominate a market so much for so long, you, you become quite complacent. And there, you know, in, in outside of that, you've got point of sale finance companies as well. Uh, there's been a lot, a lot of companies come into the space. There's a lot of startups and the like that, are, that have come into the personal loan market, uh, particularly in Australia over the last few years on the back of Australia that's had a royal commission into the financial services sector. Yep. And uh, that has actually um, created extra, I guess, regulation and challenges for the banks, particularly around some of their maybe there's some of the profitable areas that they're now look, you know, looking to divest uh, and that's you know, well, well seen because it's due to conflict of interest and, and the likes uh, with those sort of advisory businesses that sit with, that sit with the banks. Fortunately, the, you know, they, they all uh, escape with leg, legacy systems as well, uh, legacy systems and, just, and, and processes as well uh, that make it quite hard for them to, to adapt to the type of lending that, that consumers expect these days. You know, they want to have, you know, I think people will have less patience now than what they, they may have had a few years ago and you sort of want to be able to give a couple of pieces of information to, uh, to a financier and then we go off and make our, our credit assessment and we're doing all this in, in real time. So I think that's where the, you know, the fintechs, if you like, in Australia and New Zealand are, are really sort of cashing in and when you've got sort of four beasts that have 80% of the market, you're able to you know, chip away at that and uh, you know, get you know, get some good volume from that. Uh, the, the market overall has been fairly fairly benign uh, in terms of growth of the market, but certainly the the share of the the non-bank uh, lenders is, is certainly uh, growing quite quite rapidly, both in Australia and New Zealand. And if you look at the the, the success that that Harmony's been able to achieve, around 1.2 billion in in new loans uh, written. In just in New Zealand, uh, you can see the opportunity in Australia, uh, which is a, you have a population of around six or seven times uh, the, the size. Right, right. So I, I just want to go back, and I've, uh, the readers probably don't know what a royal commission is. Uh, most of them, or the listeners, uh, probably would need a little explanation. But I, you know, I've been, I follow that. I follow that to some extent, and either the banks have been really. I mean, I, what I'm curious about, maybe just just um, you know, 30 seconds on what the Royal Commission was trying to, was all about, but then how has that sort of impacted you guys? And I imagine it's a positive because the banks have come out of this, you know, with their brands tarnished. Does that mean that it's 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 really some uh, some tailwinds for you guys? Yeah, look, I, I think so. Um, just for the listeners, a Royal Commission is basically a. I think in simple terms, a government invest deep dive or investigation into uh, all practices that go on in that particular industry. They're, they're doing another one into, I think, into healthcare coming up. And I'm not sure of the exact schedule, but they're uh, they look. It's basically going into uh, a deep dive where uh, banks have to, uh, in this case, have to present you know all the, I guess, their dirty laundry. Uh, in a sort of in those terms, and they then are assessed on various things, and there were quite a number of areas where uh, not just the the big four banks, actually, you know, some uh, other the providers like AMP and the like were basically uh, some practices were called out that were, yeah, not not what you'd expect, and as a result of that, the regulator and and generally the the public, you know, the public as well have obviously been quite sort of shocked by some of the. The details that have come out of that. So I think to your, your point, Peter. Yeah, look, there's certainly you know 
a bad taste left in some people's mouths uh, around that. And uh, yeah, I think that creates, you know, it does create some opportunity for us. And I think you can see in Australia, you know, the, the personal lending as well as the SME financing has, has really sort of, it was, it was already taking off to, to be fair prior to the, to the Royal Commission, but that has uh, added some fuel to the uh, consumer and SME finance businesses both in Australia and in New Zealand, pretty much the, the big four banks in the Australia are the same in, in New Zealand, just may have different names that they're, they're all owned by the same, the same group. Right, right. Okay, okay. So I wanna, uh, we should just dig into the actual products themselves for a little bit. Tell us about the, what are the, the range of interest rates, the loan sizes, loan terms, that sort of thing. Yeah, maybe I can do that, Peter. So, um, so in terms of uh, terms, we offer a three and a five year loan simply, but absolutely no penalty for paying back early. And therefore we, we tend to get an average term of around, weighted average of about 58 months. Uh, in terms of the interest charges, uh, keep in mind that we operate in a market where your higher FICO type uh, credit is paying uh, 19, 20% on their credit card. So we start at 6.99, so we, we, we can do $70,000 for an A grade, and we can do that in, in sort of uh, turn that around in, in 10, 15 minutes, and um, at a rate of 6.99, which is a champion rate, um, all the way through to, in New Zealand, 29.99, and uh, it's 6.99 to 24.99, I think, in all the, or there or thereabouts. So now we do very little of our business at the extremes, so at 29.99, you know, we might do by dollar three or four percent, but it's a far bigger number by by number of loans. And you know, we find that um, you know, if we weren't to help that sort of pricing, perhaps there are other other lenders out there that are far more expensive. So we really uh, the science behind it is we took a credit card rate at the, at the time we did a spectrum of or a universe of credits. And we, we made that the weighted average and, you know, pushed out a, a, a typical, you know, bell curve across the, 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 across that spectrum. So, you know, we're doing most business in the low B grade, C and high D grade. Yeah. And so what's the average loan size then? Uh, average loan size today is about 26 grand, 26,000 Kiwi dollars. So what, so 26, what, what's, what's the exchange rate these days with the US? Oh, US is doing pretty, pretty good at the moment. I think it's, um, it's, about 65, 70%, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Is that right, Dave? Yeah. 65, 65, yeah. Right, okay, okay. So you take the top 35% off that for the US equivalent, okay. Okay, then, so what about what about the, the underwriting? I'm curious, I'd like to sort of just dig into that a little bit and sort of and get into how you're using technology, how fast this all is, and what, what are some of the, the data sources, that sort of thing. How are you, how are you doing the underwriting? Yeah, that's, uh, thank you for that. So we, we obviously, we credit, we, we pride ourselves on doing credit first and, and well. And obviously I mentioned before the, uh, the fact that we had that 100 million to lend before we sold us the personal loan. And that wasn't without some, some deep DD and rigor. So we had scorecard 1.0. 1.0 was a demographic scorecard. It wasn't really using our own data because we didn't have any, we just started. We've since launched 1.5, we're ready to go with two. 1.5 set us up for really cutting back on the data points that we need to ask the, the customer for or the borrower for. Because what we built in our platform is the ability to have uh, you know, an instant and two-way conversation uh, where we can highlight data 
to a potential borrower uh, in, a, in a format, having gone and got it externally, and have that uh, that borrower just confirm. And if it's wrong, obviously just uh, just, just um, make the amendments. So 1.5 set us up for that. It's um, really helped our conversion through the funnel. Uh, the next edition, which we're about to do now, uh, really does cut back on uh, on data points. Uh, Peter, you may not know this, but this month is uh, is a big month in Australia because positive reporting comes in for the very first time with uh, plenty of coverage from the banks. So it's been on the horizon for a while. The banks have kind of missed the dates a couple of times, I think, but now we are finally there. You know, which is um, it's not quite a FICO score. It's certainly ha- we don't have the ability to get the sort of data you can get in the states, but this is really a big step in that direction, which will really you know, help you know, the likes of Harmony underwrite. But what do we do from a, a technology point of view? I mentioned the platform and the, and the two-way conversation that we're able to have. So the, the uh, headwinds from the regulator is they do want you to check in with customers, and we know ourselves that it's a lot better to go and get external data and actually be able to present that. So we have over the last few years, been automating the lending decision more and more and more. Um, it is an immediate payback. Uh, if, you know, if we're able to automate more of a percentage of what's coming through our funnel, uh, the conversion goes up exponentially because people enjoy the experience. Uh, the reason we're on that track is because we, we obviously see voice and digital assistance uh, in the not-too-distant future is dominating our space. So you, know, you can't have a voice interaction where you're asking lots of questions back and forth because that's a telephone conversation. So you you really have to double down and invest in your ability to go have straight through processing and and automation. So we're on a journey to 80% straight through processing. We're about 60 now, and we uh, and in that 60, there's some touch by human eye and instant decisions. And over the next year, we'll start lifting that percentage exponentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's really interesting. Super interesting, actually, because I think that that you know it's challenging to be able to do that the straight through kind of automated automated uh, underwriting. And there's there's several companies in the US that uh, that have tried. None of them have made it to 100 uh, percent on at least on the consumer side. But it's uh, it's certainly a goal of many of many of the companies here. So I want I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about funding. I know that uh, you said you had 100 million before you got going, which was you know a, a very impressive. I don't know any platform that uh any, anywhere that had, that that launched with uh, with that kind of uh, war chest. And I know that you've also had some investment. You've had some um, good relationships with, with several U.S. investors. So maybe tell us about that that funding, the funding side of the business, where the capital is coming from. Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, I mentioned, I think I mentioned a little earlier that uh, you know we launched and we we have since had reason to, to to question the regulatory environment in which we we operate, and that has led us to uh, a move to simplify our, our funding model. We operated as a peer-to-peer lender, we were licensed as a peer-to-peer lender with 18,000 um, you know, lenders operating on our platform. The regulatory environment just, we just see threatens that business model uh, just because of uh, you know, Harmony's ability to, to earn. So um, where we uh, see our, more of our future is going on balance sheet. We started that journey in December. And you know, uh, Dave, as, as CEO, has you know a, a a very good pedigree when it comes to his contacts and his ability in the capital markets here. 
given the balance sheet that he ran in um, in Flexi Group. I don't know if you want to comment on that, Dave. Yeah, no, obviously um, being able to diversify our, our funding sources, so there's, a, there's obviously an element of the, the peer-to-peer, but also being able to uh, get wholesale funding warehouses and then lead to securitisation of the of the receivables allows us to really uh, optimise the the, the best uh, the best cost of funds, and also provides us with you know the availability of funds at, at all different levels on the risk grade by have, on the risk grades by having the, um, the the bank warehouses in place. So we we launched our first bank warehouse in December last year, and uh, in New Zealand uh, we're looking to roll out another another one in in New Zealand uh, with another bank, and then also a couple in Australia as well uh, in the coming months. So that'll give us some really good uh, diversity of funding, and also allow us to you know, sort of maximise the yeah the, the returns. Right. So, so are you are you going to eventually shut down the the peer to peer side of the business? No. Look, I, I think we you know we're um we're sort of you know as I said we're looking for the diversity of the business uh, in funding uh, at this at this point in time, uh, and we'll obviously you know look to uh, over time we'll continue to to assess that, and uh, but certainly, you know, we've got a lot of lenders on the books at the moment, and, and does create that that diversity for us, which is right. uh, which is a good position to be in. Right. Okay. Okay. So um, you did mention this earlier, but I want to just zero in on it. I mean, this is obviously you're a New Zealand company. New Zealand is a is a is a small country. It's quite impressive because it's like I think it's like one eightieth the size of the US or something like that, and you've done over a billion dollars. So. That would put you up over Lending Club if you extrapolate that out over here. But um, but curious about you know the, the Australian market is is you said like six seven times the size, and I think I read somewhere you just you passed a hundred million in Australia, and so the, obviously the vast majority of what you've done has been in New Zealand. But uh, with Australia being the the bigger market, are we going to see a a big push in into that market uh, coming up here soon? Yeah, no, we we certainly are. Uh, you know, obviously. The business has been, uh, you know, run out of run out of New Zealand. It will continue to be to be run out of New Zealand. It's a, one thing that attracted me to the business. It's a highly scalable business due to the fact that Neil spoke about the straight through processing and various things like that in the platform. But yeah, look, Australia is certainly uh, going to be the key focus of the business. Obviously, me having the Australian accent as well uh, in the room, obviously got a, a passion about that and uh, quite familiar with the market over there. So. We've written, as you correctly said, we've written over 100 million in Australia now, which is always your hardest 100 million to write. It costs you the most. You you learn from a losses perspective, and uh, you know you're obviously building up the channel and, and building up brand as well. So I think you know we've we the business has done fantastic to write that sort of number. Uh, we've really really without a focus, and uh, I think it shows the the power of uh, you know the the platform that and the some of the relationships we have over here to be able to move that across into Australia. And, yeah, look, we're, I'm very excited and very very keen to uh, really get the Australia, Australia push, particularly but put towards the end of this year, um, you know, as we sort of get some of the, the funding lines sorted out as well. That will help that, that uh, move as well. Right, right. We're almost out of time. Before I let you go, maybe, uh, Neil, over to you just first. What... What what are you going to do now? I mean, you you're stepping back from the day to day role. I mean, I presume you're going to stay you know, involved at the board level or something. What what are your what are your plans? Oh, look, I remain the the largest shareholder in in Harmony, 
and between myself and, and the founding team, we still own over 50%. So my uh, my interest is in supporting David, obviously, and making sure that uh, you know I help wherever I can uh, in terms of uh, the next uh, phase of Harmony's growth. Uh, what I would love to do, Peter, is get involved in, in some of the opportunities that are coming up. We have great momentum around you know, open uh, banking data, uh, around CCR coming out, uh, around uh, the willingness, particularly in Australia, of the population to actually uh, want to take a, a positive move away from the big banks, given the, the recent publicity. And you know, I'd just like to get, uh, get back to, to creating you know, real momentum and, and, and wealth, taking on a big opportunity and, and, and delivering on it. So we've got a few ideas, but um, what I'm going to do first up is when the baton officially goes over to Dave in a, in a few weeks' time, then I'm going to take a holiday and, and get out of his hair for a, for a little while and enjoy some summer and, um, you know, come back fit and, and, and ready to, to take on the world in, in the early new year. Okay, okay. Well, enjoy that. And so, and, and David, what about you? What's, uh, you know, you're, I know you really haven't officially even begun in this role yet, but what are, what are sort of your priorities for the next uh, next 12 months? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, look, the, the good thing about the business, it's performing really well, so it's not like you if it's, if it's not broke, you don't need to fix it. And uh, but the, really, the, the key focus will be uh, really leveraging the platform to grow out Australia, continuing the the growth in NZ, and you know bu- building up some of those warehouse the funding warehouses that we spoke about, and you know looking down the track to set them up so we're able to securitize those customer receivables, you know to ultimately optimize our our cost of funds. Uh, in the business, so they'll be the things Neil mentioned. You know, continually innovate. We've got a team of in IT engineering of you know around 50 people, and yeah, you know, that's really where the, the key to the business is, and you know how we stay ahead of competition and make the customer experience uh, better. And that's something that we continually do. It's not we we don't create a process and then forget about it. It's about how do we make that customer experience uh, better every, every week. So we you know we're at the yeah, keeping those NPS scores up and the like that, that Neil spoke about. So that's something that uh, we almost count as hygiene in the business rather than, you know, projects where, you know, projects start and, start and stop. It's something that's continual learning for us. Right, right. Okay, well, we'll, we'll have to leave it there. Uh, thank you, Neil. Thank you, David. I really appreciate you, you both coming on the show today. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Peter. Okay, see ya. You know, I'm always impressed when I talk to companies in these smaller markets. You know, you really, it's not easy to scale to get to, you know, a billion dollars, or it's not easy, not to mention it's not easy in large markets either, but it's much, much more difficult in smaller markets to really get to significant scale. And that's what Harmony has been able to do. And, you know, we've, we, they really have barely scratched the surface of the Australian market. And that, that is obviously has tremendous potential for them as well. And I think, you know, given their track record of success in New Zealand and the fact they actually have an Australian CEO now, I'd be very surprised if they don't make uh, really significant inroads into that market in the near future. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. But before I do, just a note, we'll be in Lendit Europe next week, Lendit Fintech Europe 2019 in London. So there will be no there'll be no podcast episode next week. We'll be back in two weeks. So thank you very much for listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Today's episode was sponsored by Lendit Fintech USA, the world's largest fintech event dedicated to lending and digital banking. It's happening on May 13th and 14th, 2020 at the Javits Center in New York. 
Lending and banking are converging and Lendit Fintech immerses you in the most important trends of the day. Meet the people who matter, learn from the experts and get business done. Lendit Fintech, lending and banking connected. Go to lendit.com slash USA to register.